We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the recharged, refreshed, and thankful Rohan Kadi. Rohan, before we get started, what are you thankful for this year, my good man, as we sit here doing the very important, grueling job of podcasting about the Milwaukee Bucks? What did you take time to give thanks for over the American Thanksgiving this last week? Well, first and foremost, uh, I gave, I was thankful for being, you know, happy and healthy. Uh, you can never guarantee health. Uh, so it's, it's good that me, my family, my loved ones, they're all doing well. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Uh, on a lighter note, I, it's, uh, I'm very, very thankful to be surrounded by great people such as yourself, Ty. I'm very, uh, thankful to have a great community that GSPN has formed. So it's just overall very thankful for everyone. I'm thankful for my dog, Sophie, and that the Bucks got Damian Lillard. Also, health, wealth, family, you know, beautiful wife, new, new married, all that stuff, too. But, I mean, Sophie and Dame, that's, a, that's quite a one-two punch. You can't beat that combo. You can't beat that combo. You can't beat Sophie and Dame. You've got, you've got <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend roll. tweet. You've got my girlfriend asking you for Sophie pics. Like, it's, I was it's glad crazy. she mentioned it because we had forgotten to get her, her dress on. Uh, her Thanksgiving, her winter dress. It's really more of a Christmas dress. She might have been a little embarrassed to wear it for Thanksgiving, but uh, she she persevered. As have the Bucks, who have had a very uneven week of basketball since we last. Well, you and Jordan podcasted after the Celtics game. I have not gotten a podcast since. Was that before the Wiz game that we last spoke? The first Wiz game or Maybe. after? Either way, I think it was. I think it was after the Wizards game. It might have been after the Wiz game. Um, so the the big Celtics game, you can go back and listen if you missed it over Thanksgiving, you know, travel and everything. Uh, Rohan and Jordan recorded right after that game. A great episode, a great look at what was a very weird. It was before. It, it was, was before. That's what I thought. That's what I was going to say. I don't think we've talked about either Wizards game. So we had the Celtics game, which you and Jordan covered very well. Um, just a game where the Bucks refused to make any layups. And it turns out that does cost you when you play 
one of the best teams in the league. The two Wizards games where Tyus Jones became like the number one under the radar Bucks killer ever. I mean, I, I saw a stat that Bucks opponents are shooting like way over their skis in the mid range, and I was like, it's just Tyus Jones. It's literally just Tyus. I don't know if he missed a shot against Milwaukee in those two games. The Bucks win both of the Wizards games, though. They beat the Blazers thanks to the biggest comeback in the NBA this season on Sunday afternoon. And they lose uh, what ended up being a close game to the Celtics. That was not close until the fourth quarter, but the Bucks hung in there and then made a run. Unfortunately, too little, too late. There's been some common threads in these games, uh, as uninspiring as they've been. Still a three and one week for the Bucks, but slow starts definitely a, a problem for Milwaukee. Kind of has been all season, and then just wing injuries slash wing depth has been an issue. Uh, we kind of highlighted that going into the year. But now down Jay Crowder and as we'll talk about in a moment here, down Chris Middleton for at least a game and a half so far. Uh, those things have really stood out. So Rohan, I made this you know graphic with the, the things to talk about. Is there anything before we get into it that stands out to you more as a Bucks talking point over this last week of games? What stand as a as a Bucks talking point or yeah, like as, something, as something the outlook. Something something more important to discuss. Oh, not not really. I mean, that it kind of sums it up. For those not watching on YouTube, slow starts and wing injuries hamper Bucks, but they keep winning. But that's it's fair. Like these slow starts have really, really killed the Bucks. If you want to look back at the Celtics game, me and Jordan talked about this. Um, if if like the the buck the reason the Bucks lost is because they they uh, the, the Celtics went on ten zero run on the in the beginning of the game, the first few minutes of the game. They're just getting out-hustled, out-classed, out-schemed, really, in the beginning of games because it takes uh, it takes time for the Bucks and their current uh, makeup to really uh, figure out how to attack each individual opponent. It takes them until around halftime to do that. So it the slow starts are really, really killing the Bucks. It, it happened in all three games this or all four games, excuse me, since we last talked. That first Wizards game, uh, it was we say slow start because the Bucks were tied with the Wizards going back and forth with the Wizards. That's a slow start for a team that's two and fourteen. Yeah, that's a slow start. Um, by the way, we're recording this on uh, Monday morning. It's going to be really interesting to see Wizards Pistons. Uh, that's like uh, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object of losing. I was gonna, uh, yeah. Uh, if you, in the conventional sense, it's a very stoppable force against a very movable object. Yeah, it's gonna. This is <laughs> which like one actually wins? A light gust of wind against a piece of loose leaf hanging in midair. <laughs> Does the gust of wind win? I guess we'll have to tune in tonight to Wizards Pistons and figure out which is which, and then we'll know. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be locked into that That's game. That's science. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. You know what? I'm going to make a bold take on that game, and I'm going to do uh, – we'll get into our sleeper picks later. I'm going to do sleeper picks to back it up. I think the Wiz roll. I yeah. think they crushed it. Because I think the Wizards – I mean, as we saw this week, they can score. I mean, they have scorers. They don't, they don't have a great offense, I'm sure, because Jordan Poole – I just think is like having a really bad start to the year. I don't think he's actually terrible. Like I think we've seen him be a pretty good NBA player. I think he's going to be that again. Uh, but I think him, Kuzma, Tyus Jones, like if Koulibaly's healthy, they have some some good scores. Their issue is defense. And I don't think Detroit is built to uh, 
really accomplish anything uh, on a basketball court. So I, I think the Wiz can can win that one. We'll see, though. It it'll be interesting. The thing is with Jordan Poole and and Kyle Kuzma is they'll they'll take some of the dumbest shots oh, you yeah. can ever imagine. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was, I saw the greatest, like, I think it was a TikTok edit, but it was on, it was on Twitter. It was, I think it was like the father stretched my hands beat on, on, and like, it was a slow oh motion video of, of Jordan Poole coming up on a, uh, it was against the Bucks. I believe it was the in-season tournament game. It was, it was Jordan Poole coming up, Belique Beasley's guarding and Brooke, um, <clears throat> he has, uh, Daniel Gafford come and set a screen. And he just spins away from Malik Beasley, gets the three, takes a leaning wide open three. And there's just this swelling music that comes up. And it's just, it's so off. The shot just bricks off the side of the backboard. And I was like, this is, this is perfect. But we're talking too much about Wizards Pistons. Um, yeah, yeah, slow starts have really, really in. hampered the Bucks. It, you saw it, like I was trying to say before we got on this tangent, you saw it against the Wizards. You saw it against the Celtics, like I mentioned. That's the reason, not the entirety, but if they don't get off to that small, slow start, maybe they win that game. Yeah. Uh, because it just felt like they were always playing from behind, playing catch-up, because they were. And it's difficult to play that for 48 minutes. You saw Giannis talk about that after the Blazers game. He said, yeah, it takes a toll on your body to keep playing from behind. Uh, so these slow starts, they're not only hurting this team in terms of like, yeah, now they have to fight from behind, but now they have to exert extra effort. You don't get this, you don't get the rest time that you do in previous years if you're the Bucs because you're winning by 30 points. You don't get Giannis sitting out fourth quarters. You don't get Dame sitting out fourth quarters uh, more. I mean, we've seen that at times this season, but more often uh, than not, the Bucs find themselves in a game that's sort of close-ish in the fourth quarter. So... Instead of being able to take that time to rest, they're taking that rest time that would happen in the first quarter, which is bad because you're supposed to be playing the game at that point. So it's just, just, just on slow starts. It's, it's really hampering the Bucks in every single facet of the game, like in terms of rest, in terms of actual win loss record, in terms of being able to out scheme your opponents because you can't really experiment play any games within the game if you're trying to come back from a double digit deficit every five minutes yeah so i guess then the, the question is what is what can be fixed to stop the slow starts which is really what i want to talk about and i think uh certainly the defense is still not great although i did look after the blazers game and it helps that the second half the blazers just could not and make anything. I think, the, which, I think the Bucks had a sixty-nine point one defensive rating in the second half. Oh, I mean, it's, they, they, the Blazers would do for some regression, and they like got a little heat checky, and the regression hit them very, very hard. Since they started dropping, so all that all stats from November third, uh, among all NBA teams, the Bucks are thirteenth in defense, fifth in offense, and sixth in net rating. Defense, I think, can even be better than sixteenth. I think if you poke around top ten, you're in a really good place. Frankly, though, I don't really know if that's feasible with the current available group of perimeter defenders. I mean, you know, maybe if Andre Jackson and Marjan can both take a step up, I actually hope we see more Marjan. Didn't think he played enough in that Blazers game, but I know he's coming back from injury. AJ Green was getting the opportunity. It's just not a just a really bad time for AJ Green to have the longest slump of his pro career thus far. 
when they really needed some offense and he just wasn't there. I think in the, defense, his, in, the in the opportunity where like the his yeah, biggest opportunity of his career for sure. Um, and you know, I think credit to you know, I'm glad he got more than just like one game where he didn't shoot well. But now it's been multiple games and the other stuff just isn't there enough. So I think I think this is just the classic. Let's cycle through the young wings, see what we've got. I think it's probably someone else's turn to get more of those minutes. But I, I just think the personnel defensively is not great. I mean, I think they gave up too many threes against Portland. The, the help was just sloppy. But then you see the second half, they start switching, and their rotations were really crisp for like the whole half. So part of it's like, is it is this scheme or is this just like guys getting lazy in first halves? And then, oh, we're down a lot. We have to go work a lot harder. I think still my biggest scheme gripe is going for too many offensive rebounds that give up transition. But – I mean, I, I know the numbers, I think, are really bad on this for the season. It was like conventional transition that killed them against Portland. They were just handing the ball to the Blazers, who are running the other direction. That's not crashing for boards costing you. That's like, hey, maybe let's not hand a bunch of really young guards the ball and slap them on the ass and say, hey, have fun dunking this one. That was literally the whole first. I feel like I was taking crazy pills. And then you're seeing like all oh, this defense scheme sucks. I was like, I don't know what kind of defense you can scheme up when there's three Blazers behind everyone because you just threw them the basketball. Like, especially this Blazers team. That's like, all, all they can do. do. That's the, that's that exactly. That's all they can do. That's <laughs> like, it. And they were like, Oh, thanks. We'll totally take this. Um, so I feel like I, I've said this throughout the season, and I'm not trying to carry water for the Bucks defense. I think it's mid, but I think that's kind Would of you what say you go you're for. You're not trying to chop wood and carry water. I am trying to do that. But I, I do think the worst defensive sequences for the Bucks come when the offense stalls out. And it's like, if the, like this whole week, we did not get a single A game and probably not even a B game from the Bucks offense. Like, that's the problem. And I, I don't know what necessarily to do. I mean, I think you could work more Dame actions, but Dame just didn't have a great week. And it makes it hard when Dame doesn't have a great week and he has the ball a lot. They've, they've taken away the whole like, oh, He's going to be off ball half the time. No, Dame's a point guard. Dame's bringing the ball up. Dame's running the actions. Most of the time, it's great. But if he has like a bad five minutes where he misses a couple shots and turns the ball over once or twice, the other team gets running, the Bucks defense is not really built to manage that. So I think this team probably just needs to trade at some point to balance out personnel because you're just asking a lot from Andre Jackson and Marjan Bochamp to be like the defensive perimeter players with Crowder out. And... You just don't want to bank solely on bringing Crowder back after a long-term injury to fix your defense. But is there anything else you've noticed that defensively like needs to be cleaned up or, or how they can improve without just like, again, hey, maybe just don't help and then take forever to get back and let the guy shoot over you? Yeah, if you're going to if you're going to help, you have to recover in time. Like that's that's the crux of it. You can't have one without the other because, like you said, otherwise you're just going to be leaving guys wide open. Uh, if if there's no backside rotations, and even if there are, they're the teams that they're playing against are are so like offenses are so skilled in today's NBA that you'll find the open guy eventually. Like it's not that difficult. That that was the end of Jason Kidd's tenure in Milwaukee is because it was just oh yeah. By the way, offenses will find the open guy at some point. And if you're if you're going to be aggressive on the defensive end, if you're going to be de- aggressive with ball handlers. You have to be really smart about it. And we've seen it at times this season, like where you've seen the Bucks only be aggressive. They only trap when it's like a guy's on the baseline, like Embiid, for instance, in the first game of the season. You you would see in the, that second half, 
yeah, the Bucks would only go and double Embiid if he's facing up on the baseline because you have essentially two other defenders in the sidelines. Uh, but you're not you're not seeing as much of that type of fun stuff anymore. And I think another reason that the Bucks defense is starting to falter, not falter, but like there there are points where it's faltering is guys are just being a little too aggressive. Like you'll you'll see them trying to get through on like Giannis is the biggest culprit of this where he'll just go for a steal after steal after steal and then he's behind. And it's just like even even though he's Giannis, he's not recovering in time because the rest of the team is in shambles now because they're playing five on four. Yeah, and they need him to be the one back there cleaning stuff up. He can't be the one out of the play. I mean, that's like the whole thought of we can be a good enough defense without as great perimeter defenses. Well, you've got Giannis and Brooke behind everything, so that helps. But if Giannis takes himself out of the play, then that no longer helps. He also is the biggest culprit of like uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna change up the approach. To, I'm just gonna freelance out of this scheme a little bit. And the way the Bucks play right now. That ends up being really costly a lot of the time. And you'll see, like, you know, the team is playing zone, but then Giannis pursues someone, like, across the, across the court. Or, you know, they are – they're trapping, but he just leaves his guy and it's an open shot. And I don't want to pile – Giannis has also been awesome this week. And, you know, his great play is largely the reason that they are even close outside of a pretty bad Celtics game that apparently he had a that nasty head cold that's been going around during. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to – sit here and litigate excuses for everyone, but it wasn't a good game for him. But in the wins, I think he was awesome and, and really made sure that the Bucks got three wins this week, which will matter uh, later on, of course. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I just think still screens are just like such a huge issue for them, and I don't really know what the obvious answer is about, you know, Damon Beasley just not, and Chris when he's healthy, not being able to navigate screens like at all. I mean, if it's the big, you don't just want to switch that because then you get Brooke way out on the perimeter. Obviously, one of the best pivots that they've had is going small and then just switch everything with Bobby, which I think is actually like for all the offensive issues. And he got it together late against the Portland, but it was really bad early. I've still just mostly liked Bobby's defense this year. Like, I think he's fit the system it's well. The, it's not been the issue. It no. really hasn't. I, he's a good switch defender, which we've always said that's what he can do best. And he's a good trapper. I mean, his traps are some of the best because sometimes they, they'll trap and it's just like kind of lazy or too aggressive. Bobby actually strides the line very well. He high steps the line uh, very well. And they force a lot of turnovers when Bobby comes up and the aggressive trap and just builds a wall, makes it hard to pass over. Usually when they do pass out of it, they're able to recover. Like I've really liked Bobby's defense this year. I think that's earned him more minutes and he paid it off with some big offense late in that Blazers game. Um, but, of course, you have to figure out ways to play with Brooke because Brooke is awesome. I mean, he tied his career high uh, against the Wizards in the in-season tournament. He really carried the way. The first time the Bucks had three 30-point scorers in that game, by the way, ever in franchise history, which was, was pretty cool. It was a good cool. game to go to. Nice. That, that was that, very exciting for you. Yeah. First Probably too exciting. Season. Yeah. It was a, uh, <laughs> it, it was a, uh, it was a fun atmosphere. But yeah, first time in franchise history, three players scored thirty points or more. Incredible. Yeah, um, but I, I just think, I almost think they've gone too far away from zone. I know they do it here or there, but I feel like that should be the first pivot when Brook is out there. To all right, we're dying on screens. We're giving up open threes because we don't rotate fast enough. And I mean, like Dame fights. He gets turnovers sometimes. We all know she's not a great defender. Like. I still think when everything when Chris is back, there should be a starting lineup change. 
I actually don't hate bees in the starting five when Chris is out. I just I do think they need some more offensive punch there to not let defenses totally key in on Damon Giannis. But when Chris is back, I, I do think it's untenable to have Middleton, Beasley, and Dame. And it's still tough even to just have Beasley and Dame. But again, with Chris and Crowder out for now, that's got to be uh, – I think that's – I think you've got to live with that. Do you think more changes to the starting five are an answer to help stop these slow starts? I mean, are you are you asking if Chris shouldn't be a starter? Um. Just generally. No, not really. I think Chris should always be a starter. Okay. Just wanted to say because I, I've yeah. seen some of that discourse. No, it's, that's always been around. Um, I, I think you can have all three of Dame, Chris, and Beasley or another bad perimeter defender. Yeah. I think I, I'll still maintain that if everyone's healthy, it should be boss man instead of Bees. Yeah. Uh, even though Bees has really shown me in this last week, like, yeah, he'll he'll be a potent bench piece for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. We'll get into our sleeper picks later, but Be- uh, uh, Malik Beasley over two and a half points in the first quarter is, has been hitting. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it's, you know, Dame plays the whole first and, you know, Dame looks to find him. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's been fun in that regard. But uh, yeah, I, I think as currently constructed, if we're going to assume when Chris comes back and Bossman's still out, I don't hate the idea of just keeping it the way it is, but I also recognize that that lineup is probably the crux of their slow starts. Yeah. I don't even think... Go ahead. Because they're just so defensively not inclined. They're more... I should say they're more offensively inclined. I think both are true. Yeah, than than defensively inclined. Uh, But it's just... I, I just don't know who the answer is. Like we've seen times where Andre Jackson Jr. is starting, and it doesn't like it, it's been it's been promising. It hasn't been great. Yeah, I just like at some point you have to look to shoot, and he's just never like wants to literally. Shoot. At, he he will not shoot the basketball. He no. won't. He won't unless he's wide open in the corner. He's not shooting the basketball. And the funny thing, he's knocked those down, and he's athletic enough it's crazy. to where it's like I'm fine if he doesn't take all those he should take probably a little a couple a couple more threes per game because he's been like you look at his percentage it looks like he's a great shooter the problem is he's probably taken I don't know maybe 10 all year probably not it's even the George Hill effect I I think but even worse it's even worse yeah but then like he's driving he's got a lane to the rim and just every time he just turns around and throws a bounce pass out and some of them have been getting picked off because I think defenses are pretty keyed into the fact that we can just not even worry. We don't have to defend him. Just like get behind him and wait for the pass. That's a problem. Um, and I think the connective tissue thing, I like it least as a starter. I think that is a bench player quality to just come in and keep things moving. But you don't want offenses or defenses to be able to go, well, we don't have to worry about this guy at all. So let's just keep another guy around Dame or let's keep another guy in the paint around Giannis. That's why I, 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 I like that they tried to start him. Even if everything else is the same, I'm ready to see Marjan get an opportunity because we know he will shoot and his defense has been pretty good as well. And it's certainly he, done. He won't only shoot. Sorry. He won't only shoot, but he'll go and find his own shot. And he'll get to the rim, which is yeah. crucial. Um, so I, I hope we see some Marjan just to give him that shot. He hasn't played much since he missed a couple of games. I would like him to now that he hopefully has his legs back under him a bit. 
get a real role. And again, if Chris is going to be out, or even if he's in, but really if he's out to start uh, next to Dame and, and Beasley, if Chris is out, or next to uh, Chris and Dame, if, if Chris is back, uh, I'd like to see Marjan get that opportunity, just a little more balance between defense and offense. But I do think, and it's not, it's not because Beasley is the world's worst defender. He dies on screens. He tries really hard in ISO, whatever. It's because of the other guys out there. Like you just, you can't have a neutral or it's certainly a minus defender between Dame and Chris. It's just too much. And the offense is still just not quite enough, even when Bees is out there with them, to make it overwhelmingly strong. Like I, I think, I don't think it's going to take a big hit, even if when, it, when if it's Chris and Marjan or Beasley and Marjan, like I don't think the offense will really take that much of a hit. I just think they uh, they need to have another plus defender, which like, they did against Portland. It didn't help because again they just kept turning the ball over. I think a li- there is a little bit of just inexplicable stuff happening this week that's made things worse. I mean, like the Celtics game, I think they missed like twelve shots at the basket, and they also didn't get any whistles. I'm not going to sit here and do the yell about the refs thing. They didn't get any. Like a, like a really – I mean, Dame was going crazy and not getting back in transition, but I digress. They they just couldn't make any shots. They didn't get any calls, and they still ended up making it a close game. The Blazers game, the turnovers were just wild. The Wizards game, Giannis actually back-to-back games has the ball in his hand going up to lay it in, and it just like squirts out and goes to their team, and they get a fast break. Like that's – that's like that's – he, Has he been talking to Serge? Maybe. He's got to talk to Demar and get the paraffin wax on his hands. <laughs> did you hear the? Did you hear Marcus on the broadcast yesterday? Talking yeah, about he had to go to him. his trunk and get some old school stick him. Lisa goes, "That used to be legal." Marcus goes, "Never was." <laughs> just the best. Just yeah. the, just the best. I'm so Marcus glad he's back. Best. I'm so glad he's back. It's it's just he he's he's a, a national treasure that yeah. we we get to call uh, our our own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like I I don't know I don't is it a new basketball or something like remember that that play against the the Hornets where it just slips out of Chris's hands? Well, no, that I we know the explanation for that. Moist Moist Jordan. Moist Jordan. Um, speaking of Chris, though, we got the news he left the Wizards game, walked into the tunnel with Achilles tightness, and then was ruled out. But apparently, it was day to day. Uh, ruled out for Portland's game, but was said to be day-to-day after with a potential of playing Tuesday, tomorrow as we record, against the Heat with now what's being called Achilles tendonitis. Don't really know what to feel about this necessarily. I I know every time Chris leaves a game, there is a certain segment of people who, oh, it was time to cut him loose, it's time to let him go, his body's broken, yada, yada. Can we just see like how much time he actually misses before we do that? I mean, it's just because he's ramping up does not automatically make him immune to every other injury that exists. It'd be nice if how that I think teams would just have guys always ramping up then, and then you could never get hurt. But um, I, I just think the discourse around Chris is as bad as it's ever been, and hopefully he doesn't miss too many games with this. Yeah, hopefully not. It's like. Um... It's unfortunate, obviously, with like a tendon. Uh, yeah, you you don't like any sort of tendonitis, but like the Achilles tendon is not something you want to mess around with at all. Um, for for those who are unsure, it's the the what connects your heel to your calf. So, 
Yeah. That, it's, it's very Pretty important, important for, for basketball players. Yeah. And just people walking. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, it's just it's it's insane. Like if if I tore my Achilles, I would I my life would significantly be changed too. It's not just important for basketball. Like it's important for like daily, uh, quote unquote, uh, normal human function. Walking. Yeah, walking. Just yeah. just just doing anything with your leg, uh, in, in terms of motor function. Yeah, it, it it it's really important. But so so if you have something to do with your Achilles, you want to be very, very cautious about that. You don't want to put any undue strain on it if there is already inflammation, which is what tendonitis is. That's just inflammation of the of that tendon. Uh, so you just you, you want to be very, very careful about that. I don't think it's going to be that serious. Hopefully, knock yeah. on wood. It's, it, not it's be the other serious. leg uh, that should be said. So I think I'm um, going to get him backwards now. He, it was right. His right knee was the issue earlier, and now it's left Achilles tendonitis. I believe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I've seen people say, oh, this is classic. You know, you get the injury on the one leg, then you get the other leg for compensating. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have any insights. So I didn't even see what happened. I saw him go to the tunnel and then said, oh, that sucks. This doesn't really seem like a compensation thing for me. He's been back for months. He's been playing well. He says physically he feels great. And it's not like his other knee gave out. I mean, Achilles tendonitis, that's – I mean, Achilles – often it's like non-contact, fairly inexplicable stuff. I, I just – I haven't noticed him putting extra weight on one knee or the other, or one leg or the other, I should say. I don't know. Uh, again, I'm obviously no expert, as people who have listened for a long time know. 
But I, it just feels to me like an injury that happens and guys all across the league, it happened to be Chris. And of course, you know, this sparks up a whole new round of should they have cut him loose this summer and gained no cap space or appreciable assets for it? I'm going to say probably should, not. Should they, should they have lost Chris for and gained absolutely nothing? Or should they – I always love this, time to trade him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure teams – after you spew on about his injuries for two hours, I'm sure a lot of teams are lining up to be like, hey, here's uh, an equal caliber player who's younger and healthy all the time for Chris. We'd, we'd, let, sign us up. Hey, I mean Bulls. If you if you want if you want to cut Demar loose, that's also fair. Just like cut him. Yeah, that'd be a oh probably the worst possible fit fifth starter. I don't care. Yeah, it would be fun. It would be very. I fun. do not. I do not care at all. <laughs> I love Demar. I I'm glad we're aligned on that. Uh, we don't we don't share a love for Bam Adebayo, but we are aligned on on Demar Derozan. Yeah, because for some reason, I want everyone to know that Ty. I said this him. once two years ago, and you still and you still stand by it, and you it's love just, it so much. It's just statistically true. Mid, mid-range assassin, Bam Adebayo, according to Tywin. It's true. It's uh, true. That is true. Okay, you, here's the thing: if if it's we'll, we'll talk about the Miami game uh, in a yeah. little bit because that's the that's the next game for the Bucks on Tuesday. And oh yeah. In-season tournament game. Yeah. I, I, I want to do a lot of in-season tournament talk, too. I'm very excited. Ooh. But just just, just humor me for one second. Uh, let's say it's it's the, it's the coming down to the wire on Tuesday. Oh, boy. And it's uh, – it, it, the Bucks are up by – the Bucks are up by one point. And it's like the, the heat of the ball, 15 seconds left. They go into a little DHO. They get Bam the ball in space downhill. Brooke gives him a lot of space. He pulls up right at the top of the key. Are you worried? I'm crapping my pants. I'm fine. I'm saying we got to go to the wild card now is what I'm thinking. When that happens, I'm like, good job, Bucks. Good defense. No. Mm-mm. And then it's a brick. Uh, <laughs> no open uh, shots in the game. Come on, Rohan. You're taking the bit too far. Uh, tell that to tell that to the Bucks against the Wizards on oh, Friday. Oh God! There was I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you a little give you a little insight. The 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 gentleman sitting next to me at this Wizards game, uh, nice guy. We were talking. Um, shout, shout out to him. He was uh, he was not a Bucks fan. Uh, he he was. Uh, it, it seemed like him and his uh, his his lady friend had uh, come up from Chicago to just watch a basketball game. I've, I've run into this too. Yeah, I've yeah. I've also seen this happen. And uh, this guy was clearly betting. He, I think he had because uh, uh, I saw the, the apps on his phone. Like as he was, going, <laughs> like, uh, he he had the Bucks losing by three. I think. Oh. And and he was just like yelling stuff, like nothing like insanely profane or anything. Yeah, yeah. But like during Giannis's free throws, he's like, "You're gonna miss you," and like, like while the whole stadium's quiet and stuff, and it's just like, uh, we, we were we were having some playful banter, and yeah. uh, yeah, again, super nice guy. I don't and nothing ill, but as as that was as that uh, was it a Kuzma shot to tie the game goes up and it hits the rim, we both just look at each other like, "Oh my!" <laughs> <goodness."> <laughs> that was rough. It was. Uh, that was a tough shot to to witness in real yeah. time. Yeah. So the Bucks are pretty. the The point of that is the Bucks are pretty okay with open shots to end the game. Well, they shouldn't like, be. Well, they should not be. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we don't have too much more to talk about with injuries. I mean, we'll see. 
I think Chris's first do you, designation. Do you think, so, so, yeah. So, so to put a little bit of a bow on it, if Chris doesn't play, do you want to see Ajax still in the lineup, or do you want to see Marjan? No, I like to see Marjan. I want to see Marjan in there. I would, like give it a try. Like if if Adrian Griffin's going to be a guy, and he's shown to be to like give different guys different rotations, but like give him a shot, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Give it to Marjan because he's he he's he's earned the opportunity, and frankly, these other guys have lost not lost their opportunity but like it's it's shown like yeah this isn't it's not like the greatest thing i, I think ajax should still be in the rotation i think oh, they absolutely need i don't defender. think he's lost a rotation spot yeah. at all again like none of these guys have really lost it. it it's more like okay it's time to see what someone else can do in the starting lineup how do you feel about uh ta as the new like hey you guys need to try on defense like you don't you if if you get me to I'll talk for another hour about this. I I think it's a good use of Thanasis. I think it's a great use of Thanasis. I think it's a great use of it. Like especially if, if, with with down so many wing players and just not having enough defenders. Like this is the right way to use him. This is the time. I'll tell you what. If what was the game where I was fighting for my life to get an upstock? Oh my right god, now? he was like what? one for five, but he played good defense. Um, I don't remember which exact game it was. I don't remember. You could search but... the Eurostep uh, a Twitter account tweets or your tweets because you said tweet. you said I really wanted the TA upstock here. Blame Ty, and I said, "Yep, yeah, blame me." Uh, but it was. Uh... Like, like in these moments, like I wanted TA to almost get an upstock after this game. It was game eleven, whatever game that was. It was the day. Oh, it was when Dame got three upstocks. Is that game? Uh, yeah. But it was just really, really good to see him like go out there and just like do good things. Like you could even hear on the broadcast. Like there was one time where Thanasis brought the he got the rebound and was pushing the ball. Marcus. In Marcus is like, oh, don't try to do well, too much. Slow here. down, Thanasis. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he, he did. Had, like and he, did. he did he immediately slowed down he was like okay cool uh i'm not this isn't garbage time i'm gonna give the ball to uh Giannis, i think at the time like yeah i'm gonna give the ball to Giannis. i'm gonna go stand in the dunker spot i'm gonna i'm gonna do what i need to do on offense and it's like yeah because when it's an actual game and like we've seen thanasis do some crazy things but yeah. that's when it's the game is completely out of reach one way or the other it's like it's garbage time he's entertaining he's just doing his thing but when he's actually out there in a game that matters, like in minutes that matter, yeah, he's smart. <laughs> he still does lead all players with at least 10 minutes in turnover percentage at nearly 18% of the time, which is too much. But the Bucks have been he, very good in his minutes. He didn't have a turnover in this Blazers game. No, he didn't. Somebody in the Discord was like, all right, that's enough of the Thanasis minutes. And I posted the 50 cent, like, why F me? Because I was like, he has no missed shots, no turnovers, no fouls. Let that man live. He's just yeah. out there rotating peacefully. Yeah, he's just doing good things on defense. Yeah, which, which again, has been a struggle for the Bucks. Yeah, so uh, I would rather uh, you know see the young guys continue to get opportunities to play, but I like the Nasus is like the all right, we're way too sluggish. Let's just throw this guy out there. Let's energize everyone a little bit. See what he does. Hopefully, he doesn't miss any dunks, uh, etc. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's they just did need more wing defense in the rotation. Ta can certainly provide a bit of that. I do wonder. If we will ever see, like Chris Livingston get the AJ Green five minute stint and just see what he can do, I, I think he's too raw. But uh, we're getting to a point now with how lo- how bereft they are of defensive wings that like 
We just try him out, see what happens. I mean, we've I'm, always liked yeah. his minutes. I'm surprised we haven't. You haven't gotten to see him yet. I know. Well, I think the injury is a lot of the reason, and then they're probably keeping him. The thing is, they they're always pretty cautious, dating back to the Bud regime, of like they'll they'll keep guys in like a rare case that they could ever possibly need them on the Bucks. So he's probably there as like a super emergency option, and then doesn't get to play with the herd. But we'll see. Maybe if the Bucks get a few off days, maybe he does get some run in. But I know he also had. Was a really nasty ankle sprain. I think. It was an ankle. Yeah, it was a bad ankles. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I hope to see him one or the other place certainly soon uh, because I do think long term he does provide a skill set they need of just like three and D guy who does the garbage pail stuff, which I, we all love yeah. or the lunch pail stuff. Chop wood, carry water. That is the Chris Livingston mantra, right there. He's got he's got boss man to like really like it, like if we, we talked a lot last year about like Marjan having great guys around him to really learn from. Like, Bossman is a great guy for Chris, Lin- for oh, yeah. Chris Livingston to learn from. I Especially mean, all of them, like, really, but certainly Livingston. Yeah, for sure. Like, he, like, for, for all that's said about Jake Crowder, like, throughout his career, he's made, a, like, a great career for himself. Oh, yeah. An amazing, amazing career for himself. Uh, from just For just being a guy who does the dirty work, for a guy who does, like, the tough assignments for that type of guy like he that's that's who he is that's that that's why he's boss man nine nine by the way boss man restock your merch site my guy i was ready i was ready that's Ty, crazy you gotta, that your first your first bucks merch was going to be boss man stuff <laughs> it's not bucks gear because it's 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 boss man merch. that's okay fair um but yeah, I was I was ready, and you just nothing was restocked. So, boss man, come on the pod to announce a restock and then drive sales. Yeah, I mean that's just easy. That's that's a layup right there. Yeah, boss man, come on the pod in general. But yeah, yeah, for for a guy like Chris Livingston to learn from, I I would be interested to see. It. I would just be cautious about it in like real minutes because he is the most raw of everyone. Like Andre Jackson Jr. is different. He's like a different type of rookie because he's like an established college guy yeah. who was proven in like big time games. Like he knows how to play, see the floor. We had, we know nothing about Chris Livingston. We don't, but he's been impressive whenever he's gotten in like the preseason and stuff. And like, I'm talking about like the five AJ Green minutes that we've seen recently. Like if, if you, if, if you want to just give those to Marjon and Ajax, that's fine too. But if you want to just try guys, I just want to just try him. Three minutes. See what happens. Yeah, that's fair. Why not? See what happens. Um, what? It's funny. I always look at like the you know the on-off numbers and splits for the Bucks, and this is an example of how they can really lie. Do you know who has the biggest positive on to or biggest? They make the worst impact when they're off versus they're on this season for the Bucks. Say that again. Like who is like they're when they when they go from them on to them off, it helps the team the most. So adding oh, adding the numbers okay. together. Gotcha. Is it is it work? No, it's boss man. Oh, it's boss because he man. played That's the first nine games or like nine of the first ten or whatever, and four of them were the first four they weren't dropping. Two of them they got blown out. He is minus 10.3 when he's on, plus 7.8 when he's off for a swing of like, you know, they're more than 18 points per one, or 18 points per 100 possessions better when boss man sits, which is like, I can already see someone making the argument when he's ready to come back. Like, should he even play? 
Look at these splits. It's like, dude, he's so he was so good. He was, he was so good. easily their best wing player. Um, again, Giannis is his own thing. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I always laugh at that now when I see it because it's like, oh man, Dame finally pulled himself into the positive on court. By the way, just the, the slow starts have been brutal for the uh, for the starters. Chris continues to have one of the best as well. And Livingston, nine minutes plus eleven net rating. There you go. Needs just needs what's what's the NASA set? Uh, uh fourteen point seven plus when he's on. There we go. Marquise Bolden, 152.4 in net rating when he's on. Behind a totally sustainable 185 offensive rating and 33 defensive rating. Those three minutes were popping. Those three minutes were the greatest basketball the Bucks have ever seen. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the in-season tournament here in a second. But first, Rohan, let's talk about our friends from Sleeper. We've been making our Sleeper picks. We love playing Daily Fantasy with Sleeper. Because it is live and legal in 20 plus states, including Wisconsin. It is daily fantasy sports based on their stat projections where you go higher or lower on, I believe, three or more uh, stat projections each game. And you can end up winning, which unfortunately Rohan did not do uh, on this ticket. Take us through what went wrong with these projections, Rohan. So if you're if you're not watching on YouTube, my I'll, I'll go through one by one. So it was DeAndre Ayton for the entire game. Uh, the projection was one and a half turnovers. I went lower, and just because Ayton doesn't really have the ball in his hands enough to force turnovers, and if like Brooke and Giannis are not going to force a lot of turnovers in in the paint, that's just not how they operate. That's just not how paint players operate. Yeah. Uh, but Brooke and Giannis especially, they're not going to be going for strip steals or anything. They're just going to try to go straight up and block the shot. And uh, I ended up being right. DeAndre Ayton, zero turnovers in that game. Uh, that was the only thing that I got right. Jeremy Grant in the first quarter, uh, the projection was half a rebound. I went under just because I had seen in his previous games that he was not getting first quarter rebounds. And it's it's literally just a toss-up. Are you going to yeah. get a rebound or are you not going to get a rebound? I chose wrong. He ended getting ended up getting one rebound in the first quarter and two for the entire game so it's like come on come on jeremy <laughs> uh bobby portis uh the projection for combined points rebounds and assists 19 and a half i went under it was he looking up, good for a while yeah he ended up with 21 those last two those last two threes did not help no. me but it really helped the bucks which i will take yeah you gotta take that uh and then Giannis. uh projection of 0.5 three pointers made i went i went higher yeah i went higher because like my my theory is going in again these were not live picks these were made before the game my theory was that my thought process was that the bucks usually just beat up on the blazers that did not end up happening in this game no and that would lead to a lot of opportunities for Giannis to be like yeah sure i'll take some threes and like maybe he'll make one of them not and, not uh, today. Not did did not happen against the Blazers. Uh, I did not end up winning this ticket. It, I got one out of four correct. So it's it was almost, not my. It's almost better though that the last two didn't go well because if if the Bobby and Giannis projections went the way you thought, the Jeremy Grant one would have hurt so much more. Would have hurt so much more. Yeah, that's why I've, I've I, the first quarter ones I, I dally in them as well, but. Again, my basketball. Do you, do you want me to just tell you this? I, I also had a first quarter one that was insane for this game. Sure. 
I'll just go through it. It's not on the screen, but I'll show uh, or I'll tell you about it. It was where was it? Oh, yeah. So this was a seven leg one. I only put a dollar on it. It was Malik Malik Beasley, like I mentioned earlier, higher than two and a half points in the first quarter. That hit. Yeah, he's going to hit some threes. Uh, Dame lower than one and a half rebounds in the first quarter. He only had one. Oh, Jeremy Grant. More than 0.5 assists, or the projection was 0.5 assists. I went higher. He got an assist in that first oh. Uh And then that's where it all went wrong. Oh, okay. DeAndre Ayton, uh, the line was, uh, projection was two and a half rebounds in the first quarter. I went lower. He got three. Mm. Uh, Brooke Lopez, un- uh, lower than 0.5 first quarter assists. He had two. Like, Brooke Lopez passing. had two assists He's in the been first passing. quarter. Shout out to Brooke. Uh, Giannis, uh, Higher than two and a half first quarter rebounds, he had two. Oh. And Shaden Sharp, uh, lower than three and a half first quarter points, he had six. Just because the Bucks were just giving it to him and saying, hey, just go score. Yeah, that, that helps. That helps with the uh, player's ability to score is when you just hand so it. So I, I was three out of seven. It started off hot. It I've, did. Like, I've it, been pairing was- the... Dame first quarter assist, B's first quarter points, and that's been uh that's been uh productive. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, it's smart. But I keep turning to, to NFL, to football, because my basketball has just been pretty hot and cold. I think the Bucks have been a little unpredictable. So this one, uh, I'll read it for anyone who's not watching on YouTube, but uh sometimes they give you a, a special projection, like a discounted one. So Tua Tungavailoa, the passing yards projection was 185 and a half so obviously that's uh, an easy more than for uh, the Dolphins Jets game on Friday this was I barely lost uh, a couple of Packers ones I did on Thanksgiving shout out to an outstanding Packers game go listen to Jordan cooking on the solo talk of the tundra as the Packers making their playoff run I'm locked in uh, but run I, the table run the table baby but I just missed uh, on the Packers one so I thought I'll bounce back with some uh, some Dolphins Jets. So Tua easily got over or more than the 185 and a half. Quinn Williams, the the projection was half a sack. I went under just figuring that, you know, Tua will get the ball out quickly. And he did. So the, the lower than projection was successful. And then this was the one where I really, I cooked a little bit here. Garrett Wilson, 0.5 projected anytime touchdowns. I went more than even knowing the Jets are starting Tim Boyle, uh, enough said. Packers legend. Yeah. Uh, and Garrett Wilson, uh, props to him, found a way to pull in a touchdown. Tim Boyle threw to him a lot, and he got one. So this was a, a successful one. But again, to get it on the action, play sleeper with us. Promo code Eurostep with your first deposit. You can get up to a 100% match, up to $100. So enjoy some free capital and go go win. Go play daily fantasy with your friends here at the Eurostep and GSPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, uh, speaking of speaking of NFL, this is a random question. Okay, do you think you could throw a touchdown pass in the NFL? No, no, no. Fair. 
I don't think it's necessarily I don't have the arm, although I don't have a very strong arm. Uh, but I think you need a lot of experience reading defenses to even have a hope of knowing how and where to throw it. And what also, if it's a, what if it's a first and goal from the one yard line? You're lined up in. I would get injured formation. first. Oh, no. oh, and then you just it's it's a play action. Instead of handing it off, you run backwards, throw it over your head to like a fullback. No, I don't think I don't think that would work at all. I think uh, it's possible. I'm a, we're 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 pretty short. You less so than me for NFL quarterbacks. So it's going to be hard to even see over much. the line. Six foot is a short NFL quarterback. I mean, canonically six one, but still pretty short. That's like how tall is Bryce Young? Well, how is life going for him? How many has he thrown? And he won a Heisman. He's thrown at least one. Well, if if you or I had won a Heisman, I'd feel better about our shot at throwing one. I'm just saying, if it was that exact formation, I think I could throw one. I don't. I think you're throwing a pick six, Rohan. I love you. <laughs> I think you're throwing a pick six. The way you I described it does not sound like good football. You used to throw it over my head. That's not, not over good. Head. That's not a good way no, to do no, it. No, no, over like the line. Like you, you'd throw like a little rainbow shot. Oh, a little Johnny Mac rainbow yeah. jumper. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I don't think it's working out for you. I think it's possible. I think if I try to do the tush push, I would die in the field. Oh, if I if the tush push, I I would get killed immediately. I wouldn't do it. I think I would protest. I'd <laughs> be like, no, change no, the play call. No, I'm not put doing someone this. else in. No, put the backup in. Yeah, I think I think if we're in the game, the backups, 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 all hurt. Um, put the put the running back. In. I always fade these things though. I, I just. I don't think I could do anything productive on the one. The one that I considered was like if they just ran an I form. Could you pick up one yard if there was yeah. a big hole in front of you? I think and just maybe if your yeah if your offensive line was really good, but like I wonder how many normal people would even be able to take the handoff. It's harder than it looks. It is it's harder than it looks. But if like imagine you're you're DeAndre Swift or something like in that in that situation like you're just running behind Jason Kelsey like just fall right behind Jason Kelsey I think I could do that. Yeah, I the think hand, I think it's a much lower percent than people think. Yeah. Oh yeah, the handoff is tough though. I didn't even consider that part. Nothing I'd in probably, baseball. Don't think I could do anything. No, in baseball. absolutely nothing in baseball. Don't even think I'm I could not. catch a pop fly because they hit it five times higher than any any baseball game I've ever been in. Yeah, I'd lose it in the lights and then yeah. get hit in the head and die. Yeah. I'd some I'd somehow manage to find a way to die on a baseball field. I could just see myself tripping and the ball like hits me right in the tush or something. But that could be a catch. You could. So maybe I'd that's never, how I'd do it. <laughs> I'd never hit the ball. I couldn't no, throw no. a strike. And anyone who's ever said who's if you haven't played at least at a very competitive college level, if you think that you can hit any MLB pitcher, you're crazy. You're insane. Like you can't. You just can't. Like, I'm not even talking about like hitting like a single. I'm talking about like hitting the ball. Yeah. Like making contact. Like a foul ball. I would feel no. great about a foul ball. Oh my God. The foul ball would be the highlight of my life. Yeah. Uh, and basketball. People, oh, if you played 48 minutes, could you score 10 points in a year? No. I could score a basket. I'd cherry pick. Yeah, you could do that probably. Or like get fouled and make a free throw. Dude, I think the no, pressure of that free, the pressure of hitting that free throw would be immense. I wouldn't get the call also. I mean, yeah, you'd have to get really hacked. But yeah, I think I'd probably get hurt and not the be able normal, to make a free throw. The normal person would probably just look so bad, yeah, they wouldn't get the benefit of the doubt on anything. Yeah. 
Like, just imagine me. Like, who's a bad defender? Just look at the Bucks roster and throw yeah. a dart. <laughs> like, imagine if I just like try to go and initiate contact against one of them. Like, I'm not getting the call. Dane is six foot four, pure muscle, looks small out there. But imagine a normie, just like, yeah, I'm just gonna dribble by Damian Lillard. No, you're not. No, you're absolutely cooked. not. No, Dame Dame is picking my pocket every time. Hockey, I can't even skate. So that's going to be a really no, tough to do anything from the I jump. Even, I didn't even think about hockey. Cause uh, hell no. No. Not a soccer. chance. No. 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 I think soccer, your only chance is like – and no obviously – and obviously, no, I would never score a goal. I mean to like just survive out there is if like they just don't go to your quadrant very often. But if they knew the deal, they would go to my quadrant all the time and then it would be bad. Yeah. I think I could score on an open goal. Yeah, but I just I, I don't know how you get to that situation. Um, your team is up big. They just put you in as a sub, as like a make a wish thing, <laughs> and they, um, like, uh, you you go up. You you the, the opposing team's goalie is playing out in front. Yeah, yeah, get, and get and you you just end up in the right place, right time. Yeah, I, I think yeah, anyone would have a shot at making an open goal if that if that exact situation happened. This is my fault. I would like to do penalty kicks. Not against a real goalie, but... No, just just against a friend. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, you know what so game is slept on? Kickball. Kickball? Kickball. I haven't played I kickball, kickball in 10 years. I miss kickball. You know what's a good game? Dodgeball. Yeah. It's kind of it's too aggressive, though. Yeah, but that's the fun. I'm not playing dodgeball with you. All right. That's, I know. You're, let's get back to the in-season tournament. The Bucks. Uh, travel to Miami Tuesday night to take on the Miami Heat in a crucial game, not just for their in-season tournament standings, but for just the whole in-season tournament. The Bucks, if they win at all, will be the first seed in the East for the first ever NBA in-season tournament, which is big because it means you won't play Indiana first, and Indiana has been a buzzsaw in in-season tournament games. The uh, Pacers are 4-0, and the only other just team— a- Buzzsaw in general, like that offense is ridiculous. It slowed down a little bit in the recent weeks, but uh, they they plus thirty nine in a four and zero record in the in season tournament with wins. Pretty tough group. Beat Cleveland, Philly in Philly, Atlanta in Atlanta, and then okay, Detroit not so much, but the Bucks also plus thirty nine, but only three and zero. Obviously, haven't played their last game yet. Thank goodness for the kids running the Hornets off the court because that made a big difference in the point differential. So any win over the Heat will clinch the Bucks both the top of Group B and the top of the East. The mid-season turn- or in-season tournament will run through them. They can also win the group if they lose to the Heat. Given their strong point differential, they will have a really good shot to be this, the wild card team in the East. So Cleveland is 2-1, but they're only plus 6. The Heat uh, are – or no, the Heat would win the – probably win the – actually, no, sorry – um, the Knicks are plus 18, the Heat are plus 11. So the Bucks could tie in record with all three. If the Knicks win and the Heat beat the Bucks, then it would just come down to point differential. So if the Knicks don't win by a ton and the Bucks lose by single digits, they could still win Group B. But obviously the easiest path is just winning. Uh, and the wild card is right there as well, thanks to that strong point differential. Uh, for example, Boston is plus zero with a 2-1 and one record. Um, so there's 
still a lot of options, but Bucks are in the driver's seat right now. And I'm very excited for this game, both just because, you know, there's things we're talking about. The Bucks should clean up. And, I mean, I think it would be a lot of fun if they qualify for this in-season tournament. I'm excited to cover it. We know Dame said he wants to win it for the two ways. Giannis probably just wants some diaper money, but that works out. And it looks like we may have some fun basketball in Vegas, Rohan. Do you do you know what the tiebreaker scenarios would be? So let's yes. say the Bucks lose to the Heat. Yep. And the Knicks beat the Hornets. It's point differential. It's point differential then. Yep. Because they all three teams would be three and one. Yep. And Milwaukee would have lost to Miami, uh, but the Knicks would have beaten Miami, and the Bucks would have beaten the Knicks. Yeah. So it just comes down to point differential then. Exactly. But if okay. it's so that's why they so if the Knicks lose, then the Bucks have to win. Because the first one is head-to-head record. So no matter what the points are between Miami and Milwaukee, whoever wins that game would get in if they have the same record. So even though the Bucks come in a game better, uh, the tiebreaker being head-to-head means that the only way they could still win Group B if they lose is the Knicks also winning. And again, not making up the 21 points that currently separates New York and Miami. So if the, if the Hornets win, also this is a fun wait. I'm looking at the. This is this is really interesting. So, if the if the the Knicks beat the Hornets and the the Heat beat the Bucks, all teams would be three and one. If the Bucks lose to the Heat by fourteen points, uh, that would mean that the Bucks and Heat also tie in point differential. Oh boy, because there is currently a twenty-eight point. Point differential yep. between the Bucks and the Heat. Heat are plus eleven, Bucks are plus thirty nine, and if it's a fourteen point loss, yeah. each game's fourteen. So, well, and, it's they, they could both miss in that scenario. Honestly, no, I'm talking about in the group. No, well, the Knicks are only eleven. They're, they're already plus eighteen. So if they win, they would automatically win the group at that point. Why? Because they'd have a better point differential than the Heat, who won by fourteen. Oh, no, they need to win by eight, excuse me. Yeah. The Knicks would. But again, they have to win anyway. So as long as it's not super close, they would then win the group. Yeah. The next tiebreaker after that is is total points in the group stage, which is what I was trying to get to. So it's like there there could be some some wild scenarios that happen. Um, the Knicks win. Milwaukee has a good edge there. They've scored 41 more points than the Heat coming in. Perfect. So they then even if the 14-point thing does happen, they've also scored – 46 more than the Knicks. So they the Bucks should have a good shot at at least making the next round. So the Cavs at 2 and 1 are plus 6 and then we've already talked about Knicks Heat a bunch. The Celtics and Nets are both 2 and 1. And the Celtics are plus 0 so far in in-season tournament and the Nets are plus 8. So these are the point differentials and records that could matter depending on how these teams fare. Uh, any loss to it, any loss for a two and one team will eliminate them, as there's only one wild card from each conference's groups. So it's it, winning again. The Bucks just win everything simpler, and then the Knicks have the inside shot at making it. Although again, the Cavs, Celtics, or Nets would all have a shot as well. But losing then is where things could get pretty tight, and it would need to be a pretty close loss. Out so. west, the Lakers absolutely rolled. They also got really fortunate. They played the Suns when they didn't really have anyone. And then the rest of their group was Memphis, Portland, Utah, which is a bad group. 
the Suns ended up three and one after that Lakers game. They were good. They pro- they have an inside track at a wild card. The Pelicans lead Group B with a three and one record. They're already done. The Rockets are trying to vie and get in there too. They are two and one. So a big Rockets win could knock Phoenix out, but they are currently 18 points behind in point differential. And then the Kings are three and zero, control their own destiny to win their group. And the Timberwolves are two and one with a minus three differential. It's so funny. Warriors two and one plus five. So Kings win, they knock out the Warriors, and then the Timberwolves they have a lot of uphill to go. I mean, that's pr- they'd have to really crush OKC to have a shot. So um, yeah, it's pretty. It's going to be an exciting day of basketball on Tuesday. That is when all of this will be decided. And then again in December, the teams that don't make it will play two games against other teams that don't make it, and the teams that are in will start that eight team knockout phase where we will see single elimination for the first ever. Adam Silver slash David Stern Cup. It's just called the NBA Cup, isn't it? I think so. They they said they're gonna. They, I thought they were gonna call it the David Stern Cup. Maybe they haven't yet. Maybe they'll announce that later. Who knows? I don't think it's official. But yeah, I but think the it's insiders the have said. The insiders have said. I think it's pretty likely. They love naming stuff, even if they, they invent stuff to name it. That's one thing they do love is naming things. Yeah. Uh, there's there's an in season tournament MVP as well. First yep. ever. So we'll. Happy to see Giannis win that. Um, or Dame. Who knows? Dame, oh, by the way, is really coming for that clutch player of the year award. Oh, yeah. It helps the Bucks are just so close in like fourth the, quarter. They're, they're helping him out. They're saying, hey, don't worry about it, Dame. You're going to have a lot of crunch time. I know We know you want this. Hopefully it doesn't go the way it did for De'Aaron Fox last year. Yeah, that is uh, that is safe to say. But, yeah, 630. Uh, it's a TNT game. It's a national game. Bucks heat. Uh, hopefully they don't. Tune away from this game this time. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, if the, if the reason is there, I could live with it. But yeah, hopefully they show the whole game in its entirety. Yeah. Uh, For those who don't yeah. know, the Bucks set an NBA three-pointer record against the Heat, and TNT just turned the game off a couple of years yep. ago. They just switched to another game because the Bucks were winning by like 40. <laughs> yeah, and there, there won't be a Bally if it's TNT, right? I think it's only if it's ESPN you can watch Bally. I believe so. So. Yeah. Uh, I've never. Uh, what was it? It was the Bucks Celtics game. I think I said this on the on the pod with Jordan. Well, say it again. Uh, I was thankful to be able to watch Bally Sports, and I was like, I never want to say this again in my life. What do you mean? I just. I will not be thankful for Bally Sports. Oh, oh, I got you. I got you. I was gonna say the broadcast is really good. I see what you mean. Um, yeah, I had the ESPN on at the in laws, and uh, the the room was not in favor of Doris Burke. Which seems to happen often. We know it's funny to me. I, I saw Celtics people talking about Doris Burke, and they said the same thing, but about Embiid. They're like, "Oh, Doris Burke, obsessed with Embiid." I feel like every time I watch Bucks Celtics and she's on the call, it's Tatum. I guess Doris Burke just loves great basketball. Doesn't seem like she loves that many Bucks players that often during the games. But I digress. Maybe the Bucks should play better. <laughs> that would help. That would certainly help. Yeah. Have you tried being a good basketball player? <laughs> like maybe that maybe that's a reason. Yeah, maybe um, making some layups would help with uh with old Doris. God, that game was so depressing. It's just where annoying. were you on that, by the way? Just just a quick little tangent. Like, so I was originally a doomer oh, in yeah. that game. And then Jordan kind of convinced me to be an optimist about it. Where where were you on that? Uh, optimist. Because I was like that literally if they just make half of these layups or just get points out of it. It's it's a it's a fairly tight game throughout, and then their comeback could have had a lot more teeth behind it late in the game. I still think Boston, for all the talent they have, 
runs into the same issues because they just have like it sounds stupid. And I know they got Drew Holiday. Like they don't have the decisive guy on the ball. They, it's still like they default to like the start stop. Oh, I'll just take a shot. I'll take a mid-range shot. I'll take a mid-range shot. They don't go to the basket enough. They don't get fouled very often because of this. And that's why there usually will be a free throw disparity between these teams. Except when, I mean, the way the way Chris and like Pat and them were just getting killed on drives was bad. Obviously need to fix that up a little bit. It's tough when they go five out. But I still think the Celtics are prone to these same things. And I just think it's when the threes aren't falling at an insane rate, I think they're just beatable. I think the Bucks for how bad they played, for not having enough wing defense available, the fact that they made it close on one of their worst executed games on both ends, I, I don't think it's like, oh, yeah, they have this matchup locked up. But I do think I didn't go away from that game thinking, oh, this, you know, no shot they can compete with Boston this year. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because they showed, uh, like you were saying, like they, they run into the same late game issues. The creator they gained this season was was Drew Holiday. Uh, dude, we, we, we've seen, uh, I love Drew. I miss him. I miss him so much. That game made me think like, man, I miss, I miss Drew so much. Yeah. Uh, does not help those issues. No, he doesn't. Well, it's like, you got to put the ball in Tatum's hands. He's your best player and he does good with the ball. But then it's like, I just think that it's dimin- back three isn't falling. It's diminishing returns then on all these other ball handlers though. Cause it's like, what are they doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're they're very good. I think their baseline is very good. I think they're they're still beatable. They still have kind of the same issues. And then just, you know, as as Chris and Porzingis, I think, left games on the same day and are now out for a couple games at the same time. Both teams have kind of that recurring, like, oh, are we gonna be healthy or not? Boston's depth has been unpredictable. I saw uh Maxi has really trailed off over the last like week, week and a half, which kind of expected. I mean, I think he's very good, but I didn't think he was like you know, 33 points on 50, 40, 90 with one turnover a game good. Because if he is, he's probably just the MVP and the best player on the team. I, I looked over the last five and he was like 23 points on 40, 30 splits from field and three. It's like, okay, so. That's that's more maxi. But the thing, like, that's still good. But yeah, it's, it's not it's bad. Not like, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's good for Philly that he's still doing that. But it's not like he scored 50 points a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so it, it obviously is something to track over the year. But I think. Really, no one in the East to this point has been like, "Oh my God, they're they're world, so no one's, no one's been maybe world Orlando, Orlando, since Orlando's the second in the East." I mean, Orlando has beaten I think both Milwaukee and Boston now. Yeah, um, the Orlando loss looks better, by the way, with like each passing game. Like I the, did not think. Th- I think we we both took the over on the Magic. Yeah, coming into the season, I did not think. I mean, they're going to cool off at some they, point. They like, are. They're not- I so I, I just looked through a bunch of random stat stuff for all the good East teams last night. They are ungodly good when John Isaac plays right now. I just John don't. Isaac. Jonathan Isaac. I, I just. <laughs> it's really funny to me. John Isaac is, I feel like, a better name to be honest. But um, it's, I, like, I, it's like it's like it reminds me of people who say Jim Harden. Oh yeah, <laughs> John Isaac. Well, I remember uh, yeah. when Bradley Beal went to Brad Beal, and I was pretty – I was taken aback by that. But it's like they're like plus 18 or something in the minutes because he kind of came on a little bit later. And I just have to imagine that's going to level off given what he doesn't do offensively. But they have a lot of really good perimeter defenders. That's for sure. Yeah. he The the reason he was uh, – the that the Magic were beating the Celtics is that Jonathan Isaac, John Isaac. John Isaac. Uh, John Isaac. He's John Isaac now. Yeah. Uh, was just – 
was just swarming Tatum. Like if you hear noise, they're, they're blowing up my street outside. I cannot so. hear anything. Okay, good. Shout out, shout good. out to your mic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was just swarming Tatum. That that Magic team, they have some, they have some pieces, man. They have some pieces, and this is even with Paolo like not being like as yeah. effective in his like early rookie season. Like we we all know that he trailed off in the second half of the season. Still won rookie of the year. Still deserved it. But he's he's not like a world beater on any end, which is fine. It's his second year. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but this Magic team is still still good. They're actually getting good point guard play. It's uh it, it's fun to see. It is. They're they're not going to be second in the East, though. You know what's been interesting to me? A team that everyone loved coming in said it could be the first seed. Cavs are just like meh. Cavs are meh. Even with like the I know they had injuries, but Mitchell Mitchell Mitchell's been out. Mitchell and Garland have played seven games together, and they're good when they both play. uh, When they were both on the court, they're three and four in those seven games. It's not great. It's just not good enough in a conference that's been. Like half pretty good and, and half bad. The Pacers cooled off a little bit. I think they're going to be a good a playoff team. But you look at the standings and it's like the Cavs are the one to me that I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty. I mean, the uh, the Magic and Pacers are really fun. But I'm like, the Cavs are eighth right now. They're just like kind of not great. The Hawks are what I always expect the Hawks to be, 500. 500. The Plucky Nets got back to 500. The, the Raptors, the, like the bottom of the East is so funny. That's why I was so excited for Wizards Pacers, Wizards Pacers, Wizards Pistons. Yeah. Because two, two and 14 teams, like Detroit's on a 13 game losing streak. Uh, the Wizards are on a nine. They are collectively have lost 21 straight games. Did you see, it was like since, since February of this year, the Pistons are like four and 37. Yeah, I think I saw it because I saw a stat that was like, you know, um, they... Like they haven't won five games since they traded um, Sadiq Bay. Yeah, which again, as you met February last year. It's just crazy. They're they're they've won four games since February twenty twenty three. Do you know what president was in office last time they won a playoff game? It was Bush, right? George W. Bush. It's two thousand eight. They won one. Yeah, game. Yeah, because uh, it was it was the year Obama got elected. But yep. it's still like he was still, still in office. It was yeah. George Bush's America the last time they won a playoff, not a playoff series. A no, game. they did win the series that year. Did they? Well, either way, it's both are true. Yeah, that was the last year game. they did either. Yeah, because the last the last time they made the playoffs was when they got just absolutely annihilated by the Bucks. I think. Are they, have they? I think that's they've had to have gone at least twice. I think since then, I think they went. I thought the Reggie Jackson Andre Drummond team went and maybe also got swept. I could be wrong about that. Maybe. No. Well, maybe. Or no, the Cavs. I think it was the Cavs. Yeah, that sounds right. I I knew it was a LeBron team, but yeah, just 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 sad. I feel bad for the Pistons, man. Uh, They did. They did not win a round in two thousand. Oh wait, no. Oh, they got swept in the first round of 09, too. Oh, so they've man. gotten swept three. They got swept the last three times they went to the playoffs. That's depressing. I feel bad for Detroit. And again, like, you, like you've like you said on a previous pod, if you need to cut bait with Cade, Milwaukee's a good trade partner. Dude, they are, they're in a really bad place. Like the fan base, the way they talk about everything, like it's just like, oh, yeah, we just have no hope anymore. Yeah. Cade's not good enough. IV he is, might be good enough. The thing is, like, the team around him is just so not built 
for what he's good at. Ivy is eighth in minutes. No, I'm saying that's what they're that's what they're saying. That's not the reality of the team. That's um, they paid uh, Monty Williams a whole lot of money to not get this result, and here we are. Yeah. There, I, I just you know you're in a bad place if you're putting this much hope on Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good spot to be in. It's not. Uh, the Heat are sixth, by the way. We skipped over them going down the standings. Um, this is a fun kind of little look around the East, which we, we should probably work in more regularly on the show. But uh, 10 and 7, they were red hot and they lost two in a row. Uh, they Jimmy and Bam both did not play uh, in their game on Saturday against the Nets. So we will see. I would imagine at least one of them is able to play, if not both, against the Bucks for the in-season tournament game. I the saw B championship. I saw like a for the Bucks, um, a Nikola Jovic controversy. Yeah, he said like he he's getting something about him not wanting to play the five, and he's just getting pigeonholed into playing the five, even at the G League level. And he said it's really frustrating. And he's like saying this on a radio interview. Yeah, he said like they're not using him correctly. Yeah, and he's just getting sick and tired of it. Uh, he like, he balled out when he was uh, in Oshkosh. That's for sure. Yeah, because Jimmy, Jimmy Butler was in attendance. Took the took the PJ to Oshkosh. Whoa, is this? I don't know if it, I'm trying to see if this is the real quote. What is it? Uh, I it's about him going to the G League. I insisted there is no point in sitting out the whole season after a good summer. I even like the G League, but there I play in the five position. Somehow it's like there's no way out for me right now. I still don't see that the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm sure there will be. It's crazy. Yeah, he does not like to play the five, apparently. Yeah, that uh, that centerpiece of that Dame trade is looking great. Dude, yeah, that is uh, good to say. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully the, they're – Either Jimmy or Bam or both are playing in this matchup against the Bucks, and it's a good game. Like, hopefully the Bucks come out on top. It's like we mentioned earlier. It's it's great. It, it would be very very easy for the Bucks if they just win this game against the Heat, clinch the top seed in the East for the in season tournament. Um, otherwise, they're just going to have to rely on tiebreaker scenarios for that wild card spot um, in the East, that singular wild card spot. But like we mentioned, they're in good position to do so. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to see how this this plays out. It was it was fun to go to an in season tournament game to see the different. Yeah. Court. I will say the court looks better in person. Oh yeah, I think I think they look fine on TV too. To be honest, I think the whole yeah. thing has gone really well so far. I think it has. I mean, we'll, we get to see that we get to see that really gnarly red Miami court. Oh yeah, uh, that okay with the with the writing. Yeah, that that court's going to be ugly still. No, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the heat culture writing on it. Oh, that's that's, that's their, their that's city their, edition court. Yeah. Oh God. Or their whatever edition court, yeah, their yeah, statement yeah. court. What? Who cares? Yeah. Um, their their uh, their Nike branded court, whatever, yeah. whatever Nike wants them to call it. Uh, so it's a different. No, this one's just red. Uh, yeah, the red ones are the ones I like least, just because it can be hard to track the ball. But we'll see. This how looks it looks like a two K court. Yeah, they. Uh, that's some of the ones are just way too garish. But some of the, like the some of the ones like the the Timberwolves. Is that the blue one? Yeah, one of the blue ones. I don't mind it the looks blue ones. So good. The Timberwolves yeah. one is like a baby blue. It looks so good. Some of them really worked out. Some of them not so much. But that's that's. I mean, when you do thirty, that's always going to be how it is. Yeah. Oh well, we'll see though. Do we have uh, Do we have anything else we need to touch on? I think we covered just about everything. 
Um, I guess yeah. just real quick, because we talked about him. I know we we did. I've, we did circle back to Ajax and say he should probably maybe not start anymore, but still like some encouraging stuff, the defense, the passing. Um, but no, I think otherwise we Cameron we covered... Payne's cooling off. We didn't talk about Pat a lot, but Pat's oh yeah, been... we didn't we didn't do too many of the individual players this pod. We will be back expecting to record after the in season tournament game, so we can uh, we can dive into more players then. But yeah, it's. Campaign cool-off has been a little drastic, but we kind of expected it. Um, Pat, just like, he's always so close to having a good game. He just really needs the shot to fall with more, at least 34% on the year, which is just not good enough. Yeah, it's just, he he really needs that shot to fall for he him had, to be really effective. He like had a we've, couple we've no, talked about this. He had a couple nice contests on drives against Portland, so I'm glad to see him stepping up a little bit. Like he had, he funneled Shaden Sharp to Brooke and Brooke swatted it. It's like that's all they need these guys to do is just responsibly funnel drives into Brooke and Giannis. It was good to see him do it, but hasn't been consistent at all. Yeah. Cameron Payne no longer leading the league in three point percentage. He is now sixth. Is, is Bossman still listed or is he, has he lost eligibility? Bossman has lost eligibility. No. Unfortunately. Uh, so Bees you know is, is probably their highest representative then. Uh, after after Cameron Payne, it is Malik Beasley, 14th. Yeah. At, uh, what is it? 45? 45.5%. It's overlooked because all the focus on his defense. He is doing the shooter job in the yeah. aggregate. Like, he's, he's knocking those things down. He's you know, you know shimmying first? in the league. Yeah, first in the league. Give me a conference. West. Mm. It's not difficult. Oh, is it Steph? No, okay, maybe it's maybe it's a little more difficult. <laughs> um, former teammate. Oh, is it Grayson? No, former teammate of Steph. Oh, former team. Oh, Durant. Yes. Ah, fifty-two point two percent. It's crazy. He's like clearly the second best player on the team now. It's crazy. You know who's second in three-point percentage? This one's this one's tough. Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference, second and three-point percentage. I don't think you're going to get this. Um, let me think for a minute of who has just been like ridiculous so far in the East. Why do I keep thinking about Pistons? It's clearly not a Piston. <laughs> you, want a, you want a division? Yeah. Atlantic. Atlantic division. Is it, is it a net? No. Oh. This guy, I, I'm not going to get it now. Uh... Wondering why he's in in the fourth. Batum? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I definitely would never have gotten that one. Wow. Yeah. Batum. Batum is second. Isaiah Joe makes sense. Is third. Norman Powell is fourth. Ooh. Alex Caruso is fifth. I, I was going to actually, I wanted to ask you after the Portland game, um, what's your interest in a tie bull trade? Not, I'm still not. I'm still not. He knocks he down the three. Do... He's knocked out the three for three years now. Not at a high enough clip. Like you mean rate of shots taken? Yeah. I honestly don't think that's as important anymore just because it feels like. I like, think it is because then you'll run into the Ajax sort of situation. Where well, it's like shoot the ball. there's a big difference between Tybal's rate and Ajax's. Where's the first piston on this list? Oh, my God. I mean, it's probably. 34th. Oh, it's, uh, I know who it is too. Isn't it uh, Beef Stew? No, 
uh, it's Alec Burks. Oh, that makes sense. 36 is Beef Stew. So yeah. 34 is Alec Burks. 36 is Isaiah Stewart. Are they still uh, starting Killian Hayes? I don't know. I don't watch Pistons games. This well, is you're, yeah, you're about to watch one. Uh, old friend, Grayson Allen, my son, is seven. Good for him. Yeah, I knew he's having he's having a good year out there. I I was I'll take the L on saying he could drop out of the rotation. Although no, he's he's been there he's been their third best player this year. I do think it it gets a little trickier when if Beal comes back, but so far he has been very good and very important for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, former quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons is eleven. Nice. Uh, is he on the rap? No. Pelicans. Pelicans. No. I think he was on the Raptors at some yeah. point. But if we're if we're talking about Matt Ryan, I think we need to wrap this up. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> we'll say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on Blue Wire and GSPN. If you are listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, leave a five star rating and review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Turn on notifications. Uh, make sure engage in the comment section. It's always fun to see the comments. Um, but yeah, make sure you subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this. Uh, check out gspn.info for all of our links, including Jordan going solo on Talk of the Tundra about that amazing uh, win against the Lions. That ended up being like a little bit of a nail biter. You're like, oh my God, are they going to get this onside kick? Is, is it going to be, are they going to blow this? But no, they didn't. Uh, hear, hear Jordan talk about that Jordan Love masterpiece. Jordan on Jordan uh, sort of talk there. Always good. Uh, but yeah, uh, make sure you check out gspn.info, like I said, for all of our links. Pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Start TA. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com